Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm your host, Albert Hardy. Do you think that we are in the worst of times? No, I don't really think so. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're all in lockdown. We can't go anywhere. The economy is in shambles and we're hopeless. We're, we're locked up and we're under arrest in our own homes. That's not really bad trouble. Well, I'll put it like this. Yes, it is a lot of trouble, but it's not the worst that it can get. And there may be some trouble that's even worse than this coming just around the bend. Let's take a look at some statistics. In 1347 to 1351, just three years, actually more like four years, the bubonic plague was the biggie. 200 million people around the world died from the bubonic plague. That's the biggest pandemic there ever was. Then in 1520, there were 56 million people killed by smallpox. We don't even know what that is anymore. In 1918 and 1919, 40 to 50 million people died of the Spanish flu. The plague of Justinian back in 541 through 542 left 30 to 50 million people dead. The Antoine Plague in 165 to 180 AD killed 5 million people. Where is COVID in all of this? Well, in the 17th century, great plagues of um, Europe killed 3 million people. That was in 1665. Then the Asian flu in 1957 and 58, and I'm not doing this in chronological um, time year, sequence, but in the number of people killed. So in 1957 and 58, when I was a mere lad of six and seven years old, 1.1 million people died in the world of the Asian flu. The Russian flu killed another million in 1889 and 90. Then the Hong Kong flu in 1963 to 1970, killed another million people. Cholera, six, in 1817 to 1923, killed another million people. Japanese smallpox killed 700 and, or no, I'm sorry, one million more dead. And that was in 735 to 737 A.D. In the 18th century, great plagues in the year 1700 took out 600,000 people. The swine flu of 2009 through 2010, another 200,000 people died. Then there was yellow fever. 
which killed another 100 to 150,000 people. The AIDS virus, 1981 till present, has killed 25 to 30 million people. Wow, that's another big, huge one. Did we do a lockdown because of AIDS? No. Did our kids not go to school? Did they shut the workplace? Did they close all of our churches? No. What about Ebola? In 2014 to 2016, another 118,000 or 113 it is, dead. The coronavirus in the USA between 19, or 2019 and 2020, 159,000 dead. That's in the United States alone, and the total world uh, death toll is 690,000 people. So, from all of this, you can see that there have been many pandemics from early times till present. In fact, if we count them, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, about 12 to 13 of them were greater in effect uh, killing people, in the effect of killing people, than COVID. And yet now we're in lockdown. I wanted to mention something to you that I have learned about this virus. This virus can be frozen down to minus 22 degrees Celsius. And it can be thawed out and it's still alive. That is, it's alive when it joins itself with the... Um, with the the germs that are in our body naturally in our nasal passages and it takes a hold and, and grows in in that uh, gel well what else is true is that it gets killed at 133 degrees Fahrenheit 133 degrees, at least this is the stat that I am uh, familiar with and what the scientists are really saying about it. Well, so if you start feeling sick, you want to kill the virus that's got a hold of you, you can breathe hot air, just be careful with it. There are several ways to do this. You can use a hair dryer, but you have to moisten the air. And you can also breathe over a heated pan of water and inhale the steam. Steam will kill it if it's over 133 degrees. Well, people put up with heat like that in Saudi Arabia all day long, every day of the year almost. In some places, it's 140 degrees. But at any rate, it will kill viruses. Now, here's the thing. I personally don't believe that we should be in lockdown. I believe we should achieve herd immunity 
by eating what we can to maintain our health and our resistance to disease. For example, vegetables and fruits and things that don't carry the virus. It, it is carried in meat, in dairy, in eggs. And um, they have found the virus growing in these mediums. Well, I don't relish the idea of eating meat with COVID viruses in it or any other viruses in it. But when I was working at the, um, at the office, working for the U.S. government, actually through the state of Florida, I noticed that one individual, if I would get close to him or touch anything that he handed me, I would get the virus. He was a carrier. There are certain people that get sick, but they take pills, and these pills kind of mask the, uh, the effects of the viruses that they carry. But they come to work sick, and they have to because they want the reward at the end of their tenure which is they get paid for all the sick leave, the back sick leave. They can use it like a savings account. Well, I don't like that. I don't think that's a very good idea because the viruses then spread throughout the office. We wonder why we all get sick. Shame on them. Well, anyway, let's get into the Bible. I want to read to you starting in chapter 9 of Revelation. We've been studying this lately, but I want to shed some new light on it here. It says, and I'm reading out of the King James this time, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. And to him was given the key to the bottomless pit, the pit of the abyss, and he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as a, the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Now let's flip over to Joel 2, starting in verse 2. Joel 2 is near the middle of the book, slightly to the right. Joel 2. Joel 2, chapter 1, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is a day that is near at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning that spreads on the mountains, a people very great and strong which has never seen the like on earth, neither shall there be any more like it after, even to years of many generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. That reminds me of the old Gulf War back during the days of Bush. The land as of the, uh, as the Garden of Eden was before them, behind them, a desolate wilderness, and nothing shall escape them. Now I want to read that in the NLT. 
Here's how the NLT puts Joel 2, starting in verse 1. Sound the alarm in Jerusalem, raise the battle cry on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear, because the day of the Lord is on a, upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has ever been seen before, nor will ever be seen again. Fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden, but behind them, nothing is left but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Look at them as they leap among the mountaintops. Jumping down to verse 10, the earth quakes as they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. Now let's just stop right there a second. Didn't Jesus say something like that? Let's go to John chapter 9. And I believe it's in verse 4. Hang on just a second while I flip over there. John 9, I'm going to start in verse 1. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from his birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or his parents' sins? It, it is not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. He may as well be speaking to me right there. The night is coming when no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, what do you think he meant by saying, the night is coming and then no one can work? What does that have to do with Joel 2? Everything. Remember, we read that the sun and the air became dark. Let's flip on over to uh, Revelation 9 and verse 2, which I have referred to on many occasions. Revelation 9 and verse 2 says this. Well, I'm going to start in verse 1. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to the earth from the sky. Now, to me, that's the devil. Satan himself fell to the earth. Jesus said so. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning that falls from the, the sky. He was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air were darkened or turned dark from the smoke, unquote. This is what I believe Jesus was talking about when he said that the night comes when no man can work. That's a scary place to be. Now, right now, 
we we're discovering new things that we have as blessings. You know, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. There's a song out like that. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. And that's exactly what we're learning. We value our jobs. We value school. We value a routine. Now it's all been disrupted and we're uncomfortable. And yes, that's, that's true. I'm uncomfortable too. I don't like wearing a mask. I don't like putting on rubber gloves to go into the store. And I don't like having to wait in long, long lines trying to get in. And I don't like getting in and finding that I can't get out because there's another long line waiting to get out. Everything has to be sterilized at the barber shop. And you wait outside. You sign in and then you wait until a guy comes out and your turn comes up. And in between times, they have to sterilize everything in the place. I don't like that. I don't like waiting around like that. I'm not used to that. I'm spoiled just like anybody else. But the skies are relatively pretty. They're blue. There's little pillowy clouds here and there from time to time. And if it weren't for the aerial spraying going on every day, it would be fairly pleasant to go on a walk outside. And I do that. I know we're not supposed to, but I walk in my backyard and I walk around and I look at my gardens and I try to plant something every day. And this is the point I want to get at. It's not really that bad compared to the way it could be. Now, something's going to trigger World War III. We can all feel that. But I've got a feeling that there's going to be so much trouble in our country. There's already a lot. Will that wear out? Will the newness of that wear off? That's what I'm hoping for. But I expect it will get a little bit worse first. So I'm asking you to hang in there with me and start growing something. We all need to grow our own food. Why? Why do I say that? Well, we can still buy food, and that's a good thing. We can go to the store. I can go to Publix, and I can buy stuff at the health food store if I need to. And I can go to Winn-Dixie or other food stores that are still open. Now, there may not be everything I want on the shelves. I've noticed a scarcity or two or three or four. I've noticed no toilet paper and no paper towels and things like that. And a scarcity of sweet potatoes. You can't buy them now for some reason. Well... The farmers can't get the crops out of the fields. Their workers have COVID or might be suspect of having COVID problem. 
they can't handle our food without transmitting it, and so they can't function. So by this time next year, let me just make a little prediction for you. By this time next year, we may all see the price of food double. Now that's a scarier place than we're in right now, don't you think? I'm hoping I'm wrong, wrong, wrong. But with the supply and demand and with the challenges the farmers are facing, trying to get their crops out of the field, and then once they do that, get them to market. The truckers are on strike. They're not driving. They can't drive if they have to wear a mask or they have COVID. So the whole thing is shutting down. And we're beginning to experience shortages. I don't like shortages. I lo I'm stuffed and uh, happy when I am. I like a full belly. I, uh, I'm not heavy, but I like to eat and I like to have it pretty regularly. So next year, it may change a little bit. It may get a little bit worse. So that's why I'm saying we all need to grow our own food. Now, how do you do that? Just how do you do that? Many people live in the big cities and it's difficult for them to grow anything. Well, if you have a place you can put a pot down, grow something. Grow a tomato plant or grow some sweet potatoes or whatever you like to eat. Don't grow things that you don't like to eat, obviously, but grow something. Try to plant something on every single day you intend to eat. Somebody did, or you wouldn't be eating. And what do animals eat? Well, they eat plants. They eat grass. They eat corn, stuff like that. Well, we're going to have to eat what they eat. I don't want to eat grass, personally. I don't want to eat grass. So I grow the things I can eat and need to eat. And I do grow sweet potatoes. I picked a couple of them this week, purple ones. So anyway, let's get back to the Bible and take a look at Revelation 9 and verse 18 through 21. I want to point out something here. Uh, Revelation I know we were already in Revelation 9, but we were in verses 1 and 2. I want to go on over, um, let's see, to verse 15. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on earth. How many would that be? Two billion people? Yeah. Or maybe more, maybe three billion people. I heard the size of their army, and this is World War III we're talking about right here, which was the size of their army being 
hundred million mounted troops. Now, there are two armies on earth right now that have that many. The Muslims can put an army of 200 million together collectively, and so can China. In my vision, verse 17, I saw horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders were uh, wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. Now, who has those colors? Hmm. You can research that. Just Google it. The, ho the horses had heads like lions and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One-third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, the fire, the smoke, and the burning sulfur that came from the horses' mouths. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their, ta their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Instead, they continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, their witchcraft, and their sexual immorality or their thefts. Now this word witchcraft is in the King James rendered sorcery. The root word is pharmakia, which means poisoning, poisoning in the Greek. So how can we be deceived by that? In 19, or I mean in 2015, Bill Gates wrote a book, I believe, and um, he spoke as, uh, at a college and said something to this effect, that if we don't start an aerial assault of the CO2 problem, we're going to have global warming to the point where it's going to melt the ice caps and flood the seas with water, and we're going to have a lot of trouble. We've got to start this and start it now. And so it started the global warming concept, the whole idea. But it's not scientific. The amount of CO2 or carbon dioxide in the air is only 0.04%. Yeah, do you know how much oxygen there is in the world? 21%. How about nitrogen in the world's atmosphere? 72%. And this tiny little fraction of carbon dioxide is nothing by comparison to those. And we don't worry about them. We worry about this infinitesimally small amount of carbon dioxide, which is exactly what our plants live on. They breathe it. And they exhale oxygen, which we use to breathe. We breathe out carbon dioxide, and the plants take it up. 
And it's a symbiotic relationship, which we have to have in place or we don't eat. It's just that simple. Now, there may be some things coming on the United States that will distract us from seeing what's happening in the Middle East. And the Middle East is where Joel 2 and Luke 21 and Mark 13 and Matthew 24 talks about the end of the world as we know it. If war breaks out over there, you know that they will bomb Medina and Mecca and Riyadh, the three major cities in uh, Saudi Arabia, and probably they will lob bombs over to Tel Aviv and um, all over Israel and also in Egypt, in Sudan, in Iraq and Iran. And that whole region is going to come alive with bombs dropping all over the oil fields. And that's what's going to cause the smoke, according to Revelation 9 and verse 2. We read that. When he opened the bottomless pit, the smoke poured out of it as though it was from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. After I talked to one evangelist, he said, well, that's only over there. That's not going to come over here. And I said, where have you been? The earth turns every day, a whole revolution. You think that smoke's going to stay in one place? No, it's going to cover the entire earth's atmosphere. The sunlight is what's in uh, trouble. It's in jeopardy. So we need to be aware that we are in pretty good days still. So grow your own food while there's still sunlight to do it. That's my point. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I thank you for tuning in today. I want you to realize, if you would, with me, that things will get better after Jesus returns, after he takes hold of the governments of the earth and takes the kingdom of God up in Jerusalem. And so you can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read my books there and watch the videos. But the kingdom of God is our goal. And we all need to be there. God willing, we'll make it. Without him, we can't make it. That's another lesson from COVID. Without God, we can't live. So until next time, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio.